0: A lot of Christians think that, oh, is Bitcoin and crypto, or is that only used for criminals? Is that just drugs yeah. and money laundering? Um, so that's a big one that Christians have. That is not true. Um, less than 1% of Bitcoin's activity is used for crime.
1: Welcome to the all of Life Show. I am one of your hosts, Stuart White, along with my beautiful and lovely wife,
2: Alicia White.
1: Today, we have a very special episode for you, as all our episodes are special. However, we veer from our typical topics and discussions and we delve into the world of Cryptocurrencies. Babe, who did we interview on this episode? Today
2: we interviewed Tim Bertram. He is one of the co-founders of CryptoChristian.com, which is a platform that's going to be launching in April. And it's going to educate Christians on cryptocurrency and why that uh, why it matters to them, why they should be interested in it.
1: Yeah, Tim is an excellent guest. We highly recommend checking out his website, CryptoChristian.com. He has some merch on there if you want to help support him as he gets his project off the ground. And this is an amazing thing. We have been interested in cryptocurrency for a long time and we wanted to do an episode about it, but trying to find a guest that could explain it from Mm -hmm. a Christian worldview and how this may actually have more in line with your Christian values than you maybe thought, that was difficult. So then we came across... CryptoChristian.com and the work that he is getting off the ground. And we were like, we have to get this person on the show. And this episode, we think, is excellent. You're going to enjoy it. Tim is a wealth of knowledge and we are excited for it. So, without further ado, here is our interview with Tim Bertram from CryptoChristian.com. Enjoy. Welcome to the All of Life show. We have a very special guest today, Tim Bertram from the CryptoChristian.com. CryptoChristian.com is his website that he is working on and uh, an entire really mission of sorts to get Christians aware of cryptocurrency in their lives. Can you tell us a little more about that? But first, tell us about yourself.
0: Yeah. Um, well, first, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, Tim Bertram. Um, I uh, My crypto journey started... Um, in my old house back in DC, uh, where I lived with six other guys. Um, my buddy, Patrick begged me to buy Bitcoin when it was less than a thousand dollars. And I told him he was an idiot. Uh, so one of the bigger mistakes of my life, (laughs) but, uh, I, I, you know, slowly learned and kind of caught on to what I figured out was happening within the cryptocurrency space. And I've, I've since changed my mind and, uh, Patrick is not an idiot anymore uh, <laughs> in my eyes. So Patrick um, is rich. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he is. Oh, yes, yes, he is. Um, and uh, yeah, and I just kind of it hit me that a lot of uh, Christians are really curious about crypto. I uh, visited my dad about a year ago um, on Thanksgiving up in Minnesota, and he he knew that I bought Bitcoin and other stuff and. He was just really curious about it and had about 80 different questions. So, you know, an hour later, I helped him purchase his first Bitcoin. And, um, you know, then it just hit me that like, man, there must be a ton of my dads out there that just don't know enough to get started or they have a ton of questions or... Maybe there's misconceptions about something and it kind of inspired me to create some kind of resource that people could use to learn about crypto and Bitcoin and, and Web3 and all that. So um, that's kind of how it uh, got started.
1: That is awesome. I know when we first heard about you, I believe it came in the form of an email and it was I think it was even the Babylon Bee that was advertising for for it. And I was like, what is this? Oh, this is very interesting because both Alicia and I have had. Uh, just a great involvement and interest in Mm -hmm. cryptocurrencies. We've we've been invested in some since, oh, 2018, 19, somewhere around there. And um, I, like you, I had the same regrettable like around 2013, one of our children was born and I had this time off. So I was sitting there studying all about these cryptocurrencies and, you know, back when everything was really cheap. And, and I was like, wow, man, I should do this. And, And I even thought about maybe I should, maybe I should invest in, uh, some mining equipment and yeah, yeah, I should do that. And then I was like, no, no, that's just too much money. And, uh, now I've, I kick myself all the time because I, uh, that would have been a pretty good investment.
0: Even now, yeah, it would well,
1: have been a good investment.
0: <laughs> yeah. So. We all learn on our own time. That, that's for sure. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I obviously wish I had in, uh, in 2014, but I really don't think, you know, I think a lot of reasons that people hold back to is that there's a concern. In, am I late to, am I late to this? Like, is it, is it too late? Or, you mm-hmm. know, is this thing going to go up anymore? Is this thing going to develop any further? Is this a, is this a huge bubble? that I want to get involved in. And I think that's just not the case. I think all signs kind of point to the fact that we are trying to digitize monetary systems across the globe. Um, really technology technology doesn't often retreat. Um, you know, I really can't think of many examples, except for maybe Google glasses. Um, <laughs> technology doesn't really retreat back. It really expands at this huge exponential rate. Um, so I think that we will see, it, it may look different in 10 years about, you know, what people hold and everything. But I, I do think that cryptocurrency is, is here to stay. So I don't think anyone's, you know, late to the game uh, when it comes to crypto. I think it's just a matter of, I wish we had showed up earlier. So yeah. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. I've heard it compared to, this is like the early days of the internet. Like it it got some popularity, but there were maybe like Percent of people, if that online at that point, and people were like, yeah. "This is huge! This is the best thing ever!" And it's like, "Oh, you you ain't seen nothing yet. There's so much right. to come."
0: So, yeah, Tim- there's this great interview with uh it's like David Letterman and uh Bill Gates on the Tonight Show or something, and he's like making fun of Bill Gates for being a fan of the internet, and it's just like clearly we had no idea what it was going to be about, and I I think we are seeing I, actually Bitcoin is kind of matching the internet's adoption rate. I'd have to Google you, Google that to get you that chart, but um, the adoption rate among crypto is kind of matching that internet that internet's history too.
2: Tim, for our listeners who maybe um, you you mentioned that about, I probably there are a lot of my dads out there who don't who, who have questions. And if you were to go out to dinner with your dad, he knows nothing about crypto. W- walk our listeners through what cryptocurrency is and the journey that it's taken over the last decade.
1: And, and yeah. especially so. just just to add to that, especially mm-hmm. from a Christian perspective, like because you've paired two two very unique mm-hmm. things, it would seem, and you're trying to engage a Christian community about a topic that they're like, what, how, how would this apply to me? Or there's maybe even some stigma around it and some fear around it, you know, is, is, uh, often the uh, case. (laughs) I'm sure
2: a good chunk of people just assume that cryptocurrency as a whole is the mark of the beast, you know?
0: (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's
2: some of those misconceptions. (laughs)
0: Sure. All right, you guys. You guys just basically asked me for my thesis statement. So if I uh, <laughs> if I drone on here, please interrupt me if there's any questions. Have at it. it. Have at it while I'm talking here. But uh, so my kind of idea behind the crypto Christian and you know that conversation with my dad got me to think a lot about our our relationship with money and our relationship with God. And you know, I, I don't think many people disagree with these kind of basic concepts, and I don't even think. You have to be Christian necessarily either to kind of generally believe these are a good idea, but you know, God tells us, you know, save your money, you know, don't don't waste your money, spend it wisely, be a good steward of, of your resources, um, you know, be a productive human being, um, and to you know just generally, you know, provide for your family, do good works, be generous, all these kind of things, um, but. I think you know mankind we have a, a way of really just screwing everything up mm-hmm. and our monetary system does not reward savings um when we save our money in a bank account and if you put a thousand dollars away today and you know a year from now uh, i think they said inflation uh, you know, is about 7.9 percent right now so mm-hmm. you know a year later your thousand dollars buys 7.9 percent less so your purchasing power is being diminished. Um, so we have God's word that says, "Save your money, spend wisely." All this, but then we have the world that you know man has developed, and it punishes savings. You know, you have less purchasing power. So you know, what's a what's a Christian to do? Well, if your money is wasting away, um, I want to spend it as quickly as I possibly can. Um, or I want to invest it into things that I think will appreciate in value um, and probably take on more risk than I normally would because I know that I need to beat inflation and grow my assets t- in order to you know, have some kind of retirement someday or pay for a kid's education or whatever. So now we're kind of put in the spot where, you know, we're not being rewarded for saving. We're losing our purchasing power. Um, You know, your offerings at church every Sunday have less and less ability to actually have an impact. So it's kind of like we're at odds with what God wants us to do. So um, I think that a fiat standard, what we're on, which is a a dollar that isn't backed by anything and we can print an unlimited amount of it, is kind of put Christians in this bad spot where we can't actually abide by God's. Word when it comes to money. So, the cool thing about Bitcoin and some cryptocurrencies uh, is that, you know, Bitcoin, there will only ever be 21 million of them. So, it is a capped supply. Um, There is no individual government or corporation that will ever be able to, you know, quote, print more Bitcoin. So, um, we have scarcity and we also have transparency. So God is, there's a couple of verses and I, I need to memorize these when I get onto a podcast like this. But there's a couple of verses where God talks about wanting to have proper weights and balances when doing business with each other. So the cool thing about crypto is that this is all on a public ledger. Um, you and I can go back as far as 2009 We can view every single transaction that has ever occurred on the blockchain um you can't do that with the us dollar uh there's these guys that hang out in this building called the federal reserve and they get to kind of make the shots when it comes to how much they're printing what they're adding to their balance sheet so we have this system where there's a lot of kind of hidden secrets we're not really sure what's going on behind the closed door And we have this other system while there's a lot to learn about it we have total transparency into it um, where we can see what's happening on the blockchain and that we have some hard truths knowing that there will only ever be 21 million so to me bitcoin is a better version of sound money um, and it rewards you uh while it is volatile it is a it's only 13 years old it's the world's most immature asset um, on the planet but you are generally rewarded uh, for saving your funds in Bitcoin and some other cryptocurrencies as well. Um, does that answer the question? I know that's a little long-winded.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Um, so what are the things that Christians in particular then might be concerned with um, that you are going to overcome some of those hurdles beyond even just is it is it wise? Is it safe? Is it… Uh, secure, am I investing in something that's a Ponzi scheme or something like that? What yeah, yeah. What other things are they going to have objections to do you anticipate And and how are you going to overcome those?
0: Sure, yeah. So that's one of the big ideas behind the Crypto Christian is that it's going to be a resource and kind of educational center for people to learn about Bitcoin and crypto and all these things. So there's a lot of, you know, kind of misconceptions and kind of natural concerns. I think Christians are right to have. When it comes to something like this, you know, it sounds like it's promising something huge. And typically mm-hmm. when something sounds too mm-hmm. good to be true, it is. Um, well, you know, you guys talked about the mark of the beast. I think the U.S. dollar is the mark of the beast. <laughs> I think that they are the ones that have all the hidden agenda. I think they're manipulating things behind closed doors. Again, you know, a, a lot of Christians think that, oh, is Bitcoin and crypto, are, is that only used for criminals? Is that just drugs yeah. and money laundering? Um, so that's a big one that Christians have that is not true. Um, less than 1% of Bitcoin's activity is used for crime. Um, the U S dollar remains the most popular currency for criminal organizations across the globe. Um, I think the UN actually estimates, I think it's two to 5% of global economic activity is related to money laundering. Mm -hmm. Um, so again, Bitcoin is already at less than 1%. Um. But two, you also have this problem where criminals, you know, if I'm trying to launder money and I have to enter, you know, every single transaction that I do on this public ledger, you know, as a criminal, you don't really have much of an incentive to just tell the whole world of like where you're sending your money, what wallets you're sending them to. Whereas, you know, if you pay for things in cash or you launder it through a business, that's a lot smarter of a way to get around doing what you're trying to do. So this whole idea that, you know, is crypto being used for crime? You know, if, if criminals use Bitcoin for crime, like that's, that's your fault, dude. <laughs> you're, I mean, you're going to get caught. So I, I wouldn't recommend it. I would recommend the US dollar if, uh, if that's what you're trying to do. So uh, another one is, you know, is crypto and Bitcoin mining, is this, is this hurting the environment? Um, so that's a big one. You know, God, you know, he's put us in charge of being a good steward of this planet too. So you know is is Bitcoin boiling the oceans, or is it you know destroying the planet so that's a big no as well. Um, bitcoin and crypto they're doing probably one of the more underrated things about Bitcoin as of late is what it's doing to our to our energy grid so as an example, Exxon just announced that they are mining Bitcoin now, so you think well why why is this oil company mining bitcoin what do they they sell oil and gas, right? Well, a lot of um, energy production in the United States, we actually produce more energy than we use. I think it's about like 14% or so. So when these oil and gas companies produce this excess energy, it costs a lot of money to store it. Um, Or if if they're going to ship it somewhere else, it costs a lot of money. So our energy grid is really not all that efficient. So what are you supposed to do with this? A lot of what oil and gas companies will do is that they'll they'll flare it. That's a really big deal here in Texas um, where they flare their excess energy production because they just can't afford to store it. Um, So that releases methane into the atmosphere and it's just not, it's generally not good. You don't have to be a a radical environmentalist to think, oh, you know, expelling gas into the air is not good, right? Like I think we can all generally agree with this. Mm -hmm. Um, But instead of flaring, Exxon is now using that excess energy production to mine Bitcoin instead. Um, So we're not having that methane being released into the atmosphere. Um, Bitcoin miners are using excess energy. Um, I think Georgia is the top state for Bitcoin mining right now. And they're using a lot of excess energy from solar power, from nuclear power, um, and from oil and gas too. Um, But these are good things. They're making our energy grid more efficient. They're using energy that would have otherwise been expelled into the atmosphere um, in order to do something that's economically productive, um, create more jobs and build wealth for people. So that's a big misconception that I think Christians have. And I mean, the whole world has too about Bitcoin and crypto. Is, is it destroying the environment? Well, it's actually strengthening our power grid and it's being used for productive purposes and saving us from expelling more methane into the air so i think by the end of 2030 you'll see just about every oil and gas company mining bitcoin because it's the most productive thing that they can do uh, with that excess energy production
1: yeah and they've got access to all this energy that is in essence free to them to use so like you're saying why waste this why just get rid of it Why not put it towards something you know there's there's a lot of good reasons why you could uh take that energy and put it towards something else especially if uh you know it can actually be stored in some form of value you know for later use yeah
0: and you know it's kind of laughable to me too like i think people like to paint this image of you know someone in their basement just wasting tons of energy and like with a maniacal laughter you know just destroying <laughs> the planet like that's just not at all the case you know if you're you know think about it if you're a miner you want to find the most efficient way possible um to mine crypto and you don't want to waste energy because you want to mine as much as possible these people are incentivized to do this well so bitcoin miners and other uh, crypto miners are Doing their absolute best to find the ways to do it the cheapest, uh, the ways to do it the most efficiently. And a lot of them are embracing renewable energy to do it too.
1: Yeah. It's, uh, it's, I think it's because you have a generation of people who were raised on Captain Planet. And so in that show, the right. one thing I learned was everybody destroying the environment is doing it exclusively to destroy the environments, you know, for that's that right. sake <laughs> alone. So it's just like, I want to dump chemicals in the ocean. Why? I, that's what I do. I'm a bad guy. Right. Yeah.
0: right. Being yeah. a bad guy for being a bad guy. Right. That's right. the impression you're, that they want to make for Bitcoiners yeah. too. Yeah.
2: Tim, I know, um, my understanding of how cryptocurrency started was basically because there was a community of people or one, uh, one person who we don't know about who, yeah. um, who basically wanted to create a decentralized, um, uh, coin or, uh, yeah. Currency. currency. Yeah. So that was why so many people got on board is because they wanted the government out of their money. They wanted the government not to be able to touch their, their money. And, um, but it seems like over the course of the last couple of years, there, there has been a lot of movement towards like regulation of cryptocurrency. And now I've heard two different, uh, there's like crypto is kind of, uh, split into two different types of people. There's the people who are fighting to keep it decentralized. And then there are the people who are fighting for regulation because regulation brings clarity and clarity brings more money, (laughs) you know, because people feel more comfortable with it and more people adopt it. So um, what do you... That This is a personal question not related to how Christians should respond to cryptocurrency, but what do you see going on in cryptocurrency? And, And I'm going to follow this up with a question because the reason why I'm leading here is because I think as far as Christians go, they are concerned that if there is um, what scripture says about a one world currency, what scripture said, like, (laughs) I think it looks pretty clear that that could easily be digital currency and with more regulation from the government. If we put all of our assets into cryptocurrency, it's going to be very, very easy for the government to seize it.
0: (laughs) Gotcha. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess a, f- a few things on that is, yeah, this kind of debate between like total decentralization or regulation. So mm-hmm. um, Bitcoin, uh, they don't have a CEO. Uh, Bitcoin doesn't have a like a marketing department, which is crazy. In 13 years, it got a $1 trillion market cap with without mm-hmm. a CEO or marketing department or a PR agent. Right. Um, so I think it beat Apple and everything else. So pretty, pretty wild stuff. Um, So Bitcoin is a fully decentralized uh, cryptocurrency. Not all cryptocurrencies are. A lot like to claim they are, but, you know, if you have the majority of your nodes or miners operating out of an Amazon warehouse, you are not a decentralized cryptocurrency. Um, So Bitcoin has the benefit of there are node and miner operations across the planet, Um, Mm -hmm. thousands and thousands of these people. So, um, you know, if you wanted to theoretically shut down Bitcoin, um, you would have to get the United States, the European Union, Russia. We're we're currently arguing with them. Um, You know, China, Mm -hmm. you'd have to get the African nations together and try to shut down all of these node operators and Bitcoin miners. So uh, good luck. Uh, I, I don't <laughs> see that happening. Um, but in terms of how people could you know, em- embrace regulation uh, for cryptocurrency, so there's, there's two different kinds. I think what you were getting to were um, CB, uh, yeah, CBDCs. So that's yeah. central yes. bank digital currencies. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what CBDC stands for, central bank digital currencies. So in terms of just you know, regular cryptos right now, like, such as Bitcoin or Ethereum or whatever else, Um, I think people will embrace some form of regulation because investors want, they want certainty, um, you know, with the fed talking about raising rates and everything, we've had quite a downturn here in Q1 of, uh, 2022. And I think a lot of that just has simply had to do with, we were kind of getting tugged around with, will the fed raise rates? Will they not? How many times a year will they do it? All this, you know, investors want certainty. Um, So, while I'm not exactly a big fan of the government getting involved and making a bunch of regulations, I do think that it will accelerate adoption. You know, if, for instance, right now, if you sell a cryptocurrency that is a taxable event and its Mm -hmm. capital gains, it would be nice if the government were to provide us with certain rules that said, this is a taxable event. If the sale of your asset is under this threshold, that is not a taxable event those kind of things will accelerate adoption. And that's Mm -hmm. when you're going to see bigger institutions getting involved. Um, CBDCs again, central bank, digital currencies, this whole crypto space has an entirely new vernacular that we all have to Mm -hmm. learn up on. So Um, CBDCs uh, that's something entirely different. China is probably one of the bigger leaders in this right now, uh, which uh, should probably scare you a little bit. Um, They want to create this digital currency that their central bank issues. Um, so this would offer them a few things. So there's a few good things that this would offer too, um, is that the speed at which you could transact would be lightning fast. Um, you'd be able to transfer funds to a friend, to someone across overseas pretty much instantaneously with much lower fees. Um, things like this are going to kill things like Western union, where they have like a 10% fee on you sending, you know, Funds overseas. So um, that is a pretty exciting development, but that's also happening in other cryptos. Um, but um, China, I suspect, would like to have a CBDC so they can track all of the behaviors and transactions of their citizens. Um, this is kind of where it becomes frightening. Where if you were hooked up to a CBDC and they say, well, you can spend this money on our approved list of things mm-hmm. um, food, rent. This gas station, not that gas station. Um, you know, can't buy can't buy this person's book. Um, that's where it gets a little scary. Of can central banks determine what their approved vendors are? Um, can they just freeze your account without giving you notice or warning? Um, can they just simply steal um, your assets? And then also, you still have the same problem of inflation, where. If they decided that they wanted to print another trillion dollars of this CBDC, well, then you're taking away the whole value proposition of, of Bitcoin. Um, well, one part of the value proposition of Bitcoin, where it's a limited cap and it has that scarcity. So, yeah, governments are exploring this, and I'm generally not a fan. <laughs> I, I think it defeats a lot of the purpose behind having a decentralized uh, currency and digital asset. Is that? The beauty of de- decentralization is that it's really hard to manipulate that, you know, a, you know, a big bank or a really rich person or a government, they, they can't necessarily come in and, you know, manipulate the value of it. Whereas a CBDC, they'd have instant ability to.
2: Yeah, that'd be a great, I, I think to break it down in a way that someone could understand it today if they're not familiar with cryptocurrency is Bitcoin is basically uh, what gold is for us. Um, you like, as you said, there cannot be any more of it than there are, than there already is or than there will be mined. And then. Right. A, a CBDC is basically the government's new version of what the dollar would be, where they could produce as much of it as they wanted to and control a little bit more of it. So would you tell, um, as, as cryptocurrency is um, starting to become more popular and more people are starting to become aware of it, would you tell people to, um, I mean, what would you tell people in, as far as how to invest their money into cryptocurrency, what to look for and what to stay away from?
0: Gotcha. And this is the part where I got to throw in that little, uh, you know, on this is totally educational and informational. Um, I am not a registered, uh, financial advisor, so please do your own research guys. Um, but uh, in terms of where to get started one, I, I would be just generally weary of CBDCs. Uh, I'm very skeptical of them. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some countries that are kind of going on about these and they're probably going to move forward with some form of it. Um, so, you know, be wary about that and, you know, certainly monitor it. Um, in terms of other cryptos, um, you know, really, it's just about getting started. Um, you know, taking your exposure from 0% to 1%, right? You don't have to, you know, mortgage the house to go buy Bitcoin or Ethereum or something like that. Um, or Doge you
2: don't have
0: to, like so many people did. Yeah, or, <laughs> or, or Doge, or Doge. It's going yeah, to the moon. It's going the, to the moon. The really cool part about crypto is that, You know, one of the components of sound money is divisibility. So, um, you know, a good quality of money, you know, we've over the course of our history, we've used gold, we've used seashells, we've used cigarettes, uh, we've used, you know, paper money, um, we've used poppies. I mean, we've used kind of everything, right? Um, You know, divisibility is really important because we got to make change at the grocery store. Um, You know, we have to make change at the gas station. Um, uh, Bitcoin is the most divisible asset in the, on the planet. Um, I think it's made up of 100 million Satoshis. That's the lowest denominator of a Bitcoin. So people like, Oh, do I have to buy a whole Bitcoin? Isn't it worth $44,000 right now? No, you can, you can literally buy 5 cents if you want to, um, you know, probably not worth the transaction fee on a uh, exchange, <laughs> but you could do that if you want to. So, you know, you do not have to have You know 45 grand to get started in crypto by any means you can start with 10 bucks so one i want to dispel that myth Um, but really i would just kind of get started on your research and figure out which ones of these are decentralized which one is a good uh one to you know have have a long-term future that'll be around um and then typically too you know there are a lot of scammers um in the cryptocurrency space um people trying to do these fly by night um you know NFTs or altcoins that just have no real value to them. Uh, I'm not opposed to all altcoins or NFTs necessarily, but I do wanna make sure that they actually do provide some level of value and that they're legitimate. Um, but you know, one thing I would warn Christians uh, about too is that, again, that feeling of like, was I too late to this? No, and I think a lot of what people do is they think, oh, I'm too late to Bitcoin. I'll go find some cryptocurrency that's, you know, that cost me four cents to buy. And I'll just hope that that blows up to a dollar and I'll I'll have made my millions and I'll retire. Right. Um, The the stories that we hear about people succeeding in Bitcoin are far more popular than the ones and the more common ones of people blowing it all. Right. Where they lost their shirt on buying some kind of altcoin where they lost all their money. And Nobody then, ever uh,
1: brags about their losses.
0: <laughs> right. They're a lot more quiet about it. It's kind of like, you know, how gamblers work, right? They could hear their win, their victories all day long, but, uh, never really hear about those bad nights where they come home with, uh, with nothing in hand. So, yeah, I, I, would just warn, you know, use patience, use dil- dil- due diligence, um, do the research, you know, and you don't have to start with a thousand bucks. You don't have to start with a hundred bucks. You can start with $5 if you want to. So, um, I would just say, get started um, and, and start learning about it.
1: So you've talked about Bitcoin quite a bit. You did mention some altcoins uh, or that there are altcoins. Are there altcoins? Yeah. And again, you know, n- none of us are financial advisors, so do your own research. But are there any altcoins that you think, oh, yeah, they actually have looked in, have researched their platform, they have a good thing going? Or this one is quite interesting, the project, what they're trying to accomplish. Is there anything else yeah. like that?
0: Yeah. So I I own a few different alts. Um, I am much more of a Bitcoiner um, than anything else. I I just believe in that value proposition so much more. However, I do think that, you know, so Bitcoin is on the Bitcoin blockchain. Um, Ethereum is another example of a blockchain network. Um, And they have their own token called ETH, um, which they operate on. And I think it's about 60% of all cryptocurrency projects are actually built- on top of the Ethereum network. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's where a lot of our altcoins come from. Um, So to me, I just kind of separate the two to say that Bitcoin is solving monetary problems and other altcoins are solving different kinds of problems. So I do separate the two in in, in that sense, Um, but there are some cryptocurrency projects that are pretty interesting in what they're trying to solve. So there are some pretty interesting ones out there. Um, you know, I would suggest if someone was like really trying to first learn, start with just layer one protocols and a layer one protocol is something like Bitcoin, Ethereum, Avalanche, Solana, that's where people are building projects on top of, and that's just their kind of initial network, um, that people are, are building. So that's probably a good place to start your research and kind of figure out what altcoins are valuable and which ones you just want to skip out on. Um, but if you also go to, you know, I it's, think it's called uh, CoinGecko, that's kind of an encyclopedia of all the different cryptocurrency projects. It's, it's basically the Wikipedia of crypto. Um, if you're like really looking to get started and kind of learn about some certain token, that's probably a good place to get started and learn a little information too.
1: Do you have any, uh, like YouTubers or any bloggers or any, anyone other than crypto, uh, Christian, uh, crypto Christian, uh, dot com, of course? Um, yeah anybody that comes to mind that you just think oh yeah they they're solid their their knowledge of the space is is really good I would highly recommend them without being a financial advisor of course
0: right right exactly and yeah I've heard such good things about that crypto Christian website so yes, definitely, yeah, it's definitely, we so good. definitely check that one out. so good um yeah you know uh in terms of other people that I think are worth looking into to really learn about the space um, if you were to YouTube um, uh, pomp uh, Anthony Pompliano, he's a he's a really good resource in terms of uh, learning about Bitcoin, Vitalik um, Buterin. He's kind of he's the the founder of the Ethereum Foundation. Um, you really do if you want to learn more about the cryptocurrency space, altcoins, and everything. You should really do your homework on what Ethereum is too. Um, so those are two really good places to look. Um, and then I also consider Michael Saylor um, to be an excellent spokesperson for. The value propositions of bitcoin too so you know youtubing um those those three individuals that's really going to set you down a well one a big rabbit hole so you know block Mm -hmm. out a you know an afternoon because you're going to have a lot of time spent on youtube learning about this but those are three really good resources
2: Awesome. Yeah, I I love that advice because I think um, no matter what we're investing in, especially as Christians, um, the goal is not to just put our money in something so that we can hurry up and quickly get rich. You, as a wise financial investor of anything or a wise steward of your money, you do really want to know what you are investing in and why you're investing in it, because other than that, it's just not an educated decision, which means right. it's not being a wise steward of the of the resources that. God has given us.
1: There is something to be said too. If you're coming from an investment background in the stock market, let's say, and you're used to small shifts in value. You need yeah. to brace yourself because you would jump into the cryptocurrency world and you would probably have a heart attack. And <laughs> now yes. like we I think that was us when we first got in. It's like, oh, my gosh, we just lost 50 percent. And then, oh, my gosh, we just gained, you know, 100 percent on on this asset. So the swings are pretty big because it's still so so early in the adoption phase. And you have all these people who are going, oh, this this is the next hot thing. Oh, I'm going to jump to this one. I'm going to jump to that one. Um what kind of advice would you give to a Christian who is yeah. going, "Oh man, that that just seems unstable like i my my five percent a year in uh, in apple or something would be a far better investment
2: and does it rhyme with yeah. schmaler? Cost scavenging. <laughs> <laughs> Do- that's right. Yeah. Averaging.
0: <laughs> love that. Love that. Yeah. So leading question. Cost, yeah, dollar cost averaging is a really good way to go to go into this. So, um, what dollar cost averaging is is that instead of saying, okay, I've got a thousand bucks here, I'm going to put it all in at once. That's more so a strategy. So where you say, okay, you know what? Over the course of the next few months, I'm going to add a hundred bucks in a week. That way you're getting different price points. So that way you're not missing, you know, some of the the worst thing is, right? You put a thousand dollars in, you know, second day, it just tanks 50% and you're like, oh, what have I done? Um, but if you had done right. dollar cost averaging, you know, you would have put a hundred bucks in at that high. But then next week you would have gotten that 50% dip. Um, so that way you're getting more of the asset when you're, when you're buying. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Bitcoin and, and crypto, again, this is a, this is a 13 year old asset. This is a brand new asset class. Um, so it's It's the most immature one um, in existence right like now. Like most 13-year-olds are, yes. <laughs> right, exactly. So there are some pretty big swings right now. Um, we are seeing um, some cryptos starting to match the S&P a little bit more in terms of parity of swings. Um, I do think that as we go on here, we'll start to see less volatility, um, but just kind of steadily growing in in value um, because there will be less, you know, right now, I think, uh, especially Bitcoin, there's a year, there's lows in terms of inventory available on exchanges. So eventually there will be a supply crunch that I think we'll see Mm -hmm. um, on these exchanges. That way, you know, actually purchasing will become a little bit harder and therefore the price will go up. Um, But yeah, it, it is definitely volatile and it's not something and I would say this about the stock market, gold or real estate or anything else. But, you know, if you are not willing to hold on to something for 10 years, yeah, this is I think this is, I'm stealing Warren Buffett's quote here. I think mm-hmm. I think it's him, mm-hmm. but if you aren't willing to hold on for 10 years, you shouldn't hold it for 10 seconds. Um, you know, this is not a short term play. Again, you are not going to try to pay off your mortgage. Um, next week right that's that's not how christians invest we want to have patience we want to invest in things that are creating value for people um, and to know that you know it's in god's hands and we're hoping to have you know long-term gains so um no this is something that do not invest in crypto if you're thinking that you're going to sell it next week because that is yeah. And these people yeah. that are you know buying and selling it on the, on the daily basis, so you're just creating taxable events for yourself that you will have to report <laughs> to the IRS. Um, and they will take as much as they possibly can. So yeah, uh, yeah definitely hold it as long as you possibly can if you're going to invest.
1: That has been something we have been uh, addressing recently is uh, using some of the available tools that are out there to track your crypto sales and purchases. Um, we're yeah. using... Uh, a site called coinly.io, uh, but there yeah. are several, there's CoinTracker and others. And as you begin to look at your losses, but also your gains, and then you see, oh my goodness, I'm going to be paying this in taxes. Oh gosh, mm-hmm. this, you know, it. your your advice is spot on um, it, it, to people in general for, if you're going to invest in something, what Warren Buffett said, you know, hold it, hold it for 10 years, hold it for a while, you know, let those capital gains fall off if they can. Uh, and and then then you can use it for something else. And uh, this, I think, bears mentioning too, you can actually invest in cryptocurrency in your IRAs, your investment retirement accounts now. Um, And that is something like you can put it in there. And if you do something, um, not to get too crazy into the weeds, but if you do a Roth IRA, you can put uh, post-tax money in to the account. And as it grows, when it comes out, you don't pay any taxes on that. However, the catch is you have to wait until retirement, which is, uh, what is it, 55 and a half years old or something along those lines. So That's you, but but if, you, if you're putting that money in and you're doing that on a regular basis, you can put up to like $6,000 a year and you're doing that in a sort of a dollar cost average in a yearly way, mm-hmm. you might be sitting on quite the retirement nest egg uh, on some of these other platforms. Yeah. So I just yeah, want to get that out there yeah. too.
0: I think a lot of people also don't understand that they actually probably do have some exposure to crypto. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if you if you just own the S&P 500 and in an index fund, you have exposure to Bitcoin. Um, there are companies in the S&P 500 that have Bitcoin on their balance sheets. Uh, I think it's Mass MassMutual, um, Tesla has it, MicroStrategies. Mm-hmm. There are companies that are adding this to their balance sheet. So um, you'd be surprised that you probably do have exposure to crypto and don't realize it. Um, and I think that will continue to be a trend, but yeah, adding it into your IRA, that's a really great way to be in a tax friendly environment. But yeah, I mean, ultimately, right. You know, one of the leading indicators of of results is not indicators, but, um, part of your investment returns is having tax efficiency. So, um, you know, selling something within a year's time is, is not a good way of exercising tax efficiency. So, um, that's really important part of investing is making sure that you're not spending as much as possible with the IRS.
1: Well, Tim, where can people find you and what is in store for your platform and what do you have planned in the future?
0: Yeah. So, um, go to the Um, we are launching, um, here in late April or, or in May, depending upon, you know, last-minute website edits and everything, too. So I'm sure that'll be a fun uh, panic the night before. So looking forward to it. Um, But yeah, thecryptochristian.com. And then you should find us on social media by searching us on Twitter or Facebook for The Crypto Christian. You'll find us, too.
2: Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much, Tim, for being here. That was really educational. I think a lot of people are going to find benefit in learning more and checking out christiancrypto.com.
0: Awesome. Thank you. I really appreciate you guys inviting me, too.